You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From actors to icons and everything in between, you're having lunch with Bruce Bozzi on Table for Two. Hey everyone, it's Bruce Bozzi. Thank you for joining me on Table for Two. Today we're back in sunny Southern California for another great lunch at the Tower Bar. Get over Are we there. recording? Yep. Now? Yeah. Oh, you just kiss me full on the lips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited for today's guest. He grew up kind of down the street in Cypress, California, and is one of the nicest guys in Hollywood. He's been on huge TV shows, acted on Broadway, and even is an occasional beach boy. Now he's written a book about his life called If You Would Have Told Me. And if that's not enough, he also has a great head of hair. What are you in the mood for? Food-wise? Yeah, are you eating? Yeah. Yeah. Do you eat with that yeah. body? Yeah. Beach salad's good, huh? So pull up a chair, grab a bite to eat, because we're having lunch with John Stamos. I'm Bruce Bozzi, and this is my podcast, Table for Two. So if you've pulled up a chair today, we're sitting at the Tower Bar. I have two surprises for John today, just so you know. One based on your book. Really? Okay. And one based on our experience together. And when we left the West Hollywood Palm... All the pictures were taken down. I right. gave them to our But guests. by the way, one of the great honors to have my picture up in the palm. Oh, thank you. And I used to just take ours. people in there, ask, you know, and, you know, right. and the, they knew what seat my picture was under. So they'd mm-hmm. always seat me there. And I'd be like, oh, wow, look at this. Well, there's a picture of me up there. <laughs> so when we left, we gave them out. I framed them as art. And you said, you hold on to mine. And what I did was when we opened the Beverly Hills, there was very few. We didn't put them back up. Right. So we put like Farrah Fawcett and Lee Majors up. They had one up. Andy and Cohen had Andy one. Andy Cohen. And we Frank put Sinatra. Frank Sinatra with, uh, we put Valerie Harper with Sammy Davis Jr. We put, uh, I, don't I don't know if we that had many. Don, no, there was like only five. I got, I was tripped. This was oh, yours. Wow. I mean, so cool. you guys can't see it if you're pulling up a chair, but. 
It's framed. It's cut from like you actually see the wall wow. that it was on. Yeah. Are you sure that's not Scott Bale? Because <laughs> no, it is not. This is for you, thank my you, friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I thought home. I thought it got lost and no, I kept it was hung in my house. All oh, these it was? years. Yeah, we got to see it. Now he's taking art off my wall. So I opened the book. You asked me why, why now, and mm-hmm. if you know Jamie Lee Curtis, you you know sure. her, right? She she's a good friend. She always says, "If not now, when." Which always makes me think about getting doing things that you gotta just that you want to do, right? right. Um, I never thought about writing a book. I wasn't. It was the last thing on my mind. I never thought I could. Could do you ever think about writing a book? It's like it's funny you should say that. That was like someone approached like, would you be interested? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that. I couldn't. And I think your life is just as interesting as if, not, as mine, if not, not more. No, but not. you for sure have a book in you. Everybody does, right. but you have a good one. Mm-hmm. But it was the. It, it was the hardest thing I've ever done, pretty much. But as you as you can see in the book, like I, I never put obstacles up in front of things that I wanted to get done. I didn't want to do this until I did it, but um, I just did it. I never thought it was the far. I, I can't, you know. So I just started, and at first I kept saying no, and then you know it was a dad, and then Bob died, and they saw an obituary that I wrote in the L.A. Times about Bob, and yep, I felt that. that it was good yep. writing, and I don't, I you know, it was so. Uh, you know, broken up. It was. I don't even remember writing it, but apparently it was good. And um, and the and the most beautiful. I'll, I'll talk about Bob a lot probably yep. today, and I'll probably cry at least twice. Mm-hmm. But um, his his uh, Kelly, his his widow, and I hate to say that, mm-hmm. uh, called me the other day crying, and she said, "You you did such justice to Bob." Yeah. And the people that don't know Bob and they read this book, it's a great representation of who he was because he was a complicated man. Yep. But he was you know beautiful guy. Yeah. So I so I said, okay, I'll do that. Um, and so I thought I'm going to start with the two hardest chapters. The first chapter is when I was on my way to meet Bob at the Palm that fateful night uh, when I got a DUI, easily the lowest point of my life ever. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, I could have killed somebody, Bruce. I was talking. Yeah, that's right. You were. It's it's really vivid in that yeah, opening chapter. To. It really is. And I was I was uh, I was circling that that area. I must have passed. I just kept going in circles. I was like, There's the same place again. Same place right. again. Anyway, I was going to meet Bob. So, and my five stages of grief then was, I mean, I got, you know, it's DUI. I ended up in the hospital because I was so fucked up. And I, when I straightened up and they got me out of there, I went home and drank another bottle of wine. That's wow. So my five stages of grief was more booze, sex, right. everything bad. For me. Right. Then I tackled the last chapter, which I didn't know if it was going to be the last chapter. I didn't know where any of this book, um, about the day I found out about Bob mm-hmm. when he died. Mm-hmm. And pretty much in detail and that five stages of grief then were health, sobriety, mm-hmm. therapy, my meditation. family, my wife. Yeah, yeah. meditation, yeah. yeah. So then I had to feel like, okay, how did I get from A to Z? Yeah. And it was and then the the other big uh, part was my mom's letters, my note the notes yeah. from my mother. I knew I had them. So I, but I gathered them all up from my my sister and my my sisters in my attic and I just kind of laid them out and said, "Okay, here's a road. Here's a road thing." Isn't that interesting? I bet you could do it. You just sit down and do I asked so many friends that were writing books, how do you do it? So I block out of time. At first I was doing, you know, I I do like a vomit chapter. And at first yeah. I was like, I'm gonna write a hero story. How great I am. I was like, nah, 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 this is bullshit. Yeah. I have to write a human story at right. point. Um and then I got, I got into it maybe the last four or five months of doing it. Especially when I knew a deadline was coming up, my friends would say, you're pretty relaxed for having a deadline. I'm like, yeah, well, oh, shit. And I just started standing up on it. But there's a certain, I mean, your ability to write. Like, So, I mean, would you just, when you sat down at the, your desk, were you like, 
focused in on like so now I'm going to talk about the um, I'm going to talk about the audition process for General Hospital. <laughs> Hence, um, um, John's next gift. <laughs> you might want to explain what this is. It's a yellow bandana. And this I really thank you. I'm going to tie it. I, yeah. fe- I feel like I, I feel like the first time I ever, I remembered this story and told this story was when last time we had lunch. Do, do, do you, well, I don't remember. I was, um, when I auditioned for General Hospital, I know you, and you know who loves Blackie at General Hospital? It was your boy, Andy. Yes. Colin, he loves, we talks about love. We all love. Who didn't love Blackie? I don't know. I mean, I was watching Blackie, Jackie Templeton. That's I right, mean, yeah. I was, uh, G- I had the ABC lineup, you did. baby. G- Were you in New York? And then? I was in guy. New York, and then post-GH, you had... Lori's Lachlan, who was on, um, why is it? Yeah, Edge of oh, oh, Edge of Night. 30, was that was the 30 minute one that like wrapped up the day. Yeah, all right. All so it's like three to four, and yeah, then four, like all four my to kids, four, one life, GH. <laughs> Did you and Andy used to call each other and say, We didn't know each other then. Okay. No. I know people were rearranged. I didn't know about the pop. I was so, I hope that comes across how naive I was through all most it does. of this. It really and I hope, does. I think my naivete helped me in the long run, but, um, so I was at, when I was auditioning for General Hospitals, it was for part uh, a street punk, Black yeah. Parish, yeah. street urchin. I was like, what's that? I went to the <laughs> library and looked up street urchin. And I'd never been to New York. Southern California. Yeah, like, like, like sun into my hair. Like, <laughs> and I was like, what do, what's New York to me? And I, <laughs> and, I, and I knew, so this other guy was auditioning, Brian Robbins, who was from New York, right. who ends up now being the head of Paramount, right? Right, it's crazy. But he was very New York. I was like, yo, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to get it. And I love Travolta then. And I still do, obviously. Right, and um, the first set I ever stepped foot on was the set of Grease. At, uh, at my father, uh, his friend um, was a coach there. Mm-hmm. But I was mainly looking at Saturday Night Fever at that time because he yeah. had this walk, you know. And then, yeah. I'm saying, you know, 100% you know, the, right. And I was like, I need a walk. Yep. So I went and I drove around up here. It was, it was before the audition. And I was driving around these streets, and again, I'm like so naive. I'm just 18, but I'm up, I'm 14. Right. You know, and I, I find a street over there, uh, Santa Monica Boulevard, and I thought, this looks kind of New York. And look at that, there's a place called Rage. I gotta get my rage up for this character. So I park, try to park there. I'm a terrible parker. And I get, and I, right, sorry. And I needed, um, I needed like a, a leather jacket. Um, my mom had this, you know, sort of volup, like this big, puffy, long, <laughs> It's a leather jacket. Fuck it. And I walk out and I'm wa- I'm working on my walk up and down Santa Monica, but Santa Monica Boulevard for, for those folks at home playing at home, um, it's Boys Town, right? Yeah, it's a, Boys Town. And there's a lot of bars and everybody's yeah. outside, and I'm walking. I'm like, well, there's a lot of men around. In fact, it's all okay, good. And somebody who you know, woo, get it, girl. I'm like, girl, okay, I'll take the car. And I'm literally walk working on my walk, like, and I look like a fucking mm-hmm. weirdo with faster, slower, tighter right. ass. Right. And um, so then I go, and then I was thinking, Chachi, man, he's from New York, I think. And I need a yeah. bandana. He used to have bandanas. Yeah. Time around his thigh. Yeah. And that's what I'm wearing now. Bruce brought me. And um, so I went into this, one of the stores. There's a lot of, lot of bandanas. Yeah, a lot of bandanas. It, it took me two seconds to get that. <laughs> Literally two days ago. Oh, you're see Stamos like, here. Yeah. They, um, and so I got this bandana, and the guy was super sweet. Because you're in luck, that, you know, with every bandana you get a free massage today. I said, "Oh, thank you, sir. I'm, I'll come back. You know, I'm busy. I'm got an audition for General Free Hot. massage, right? I mean, you gotta love it. They loved it, and uh, I found it all very flattering. So I walk in, and I was working, doing my walk to the audition. Marvin Page was the casting director. There's another guy named Skitch Hendricks, and I remember him because I think 
I don't know if anyone can confirm it. Out there. He had a fake hand, a rubber fake hand. Oh, okay. And it, uh, and there was like cigarette, and he was kind of, a, uh, you know, kind of pricky. And he was, I would start, he's like, stop, stop, just stop moving around, stuff. But like I was doing my walk, you know, right. just stand still and say the lines. <laughs> oh fuck, I wasted my time. Well, I got a bandana. <laughs> and then I keep going, and then he goes, uh, oh stop, stop. I go what? He goes, you like to be peed on, huh? <laughs> what? Came from Orange County. We don't know about that. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, you're wearing a yellow bandana. That that means you like to be peed on. I go, Jesus, this Hollywood shit, man. I don't know if I can take it. And I walked out. I thought I bombed the, I thought I tanked the audition. I walked out in the bright sun. I was like, go ahead, Hollywood, piss on me. And uh, I ended up getting the job. You got the job. Yeah. You know, what I found so interesting about, and I, I'm going to liken this to your upbringing with your mom and your dad, who you obviously were super, it just it's a love story. It's a yeah. love story. I think you met family. my mom in the, at the Palm. I think so. York, think. Yep, yep, yep. And I also think that the fact that your dad had you work mm. in oh, the you kitchen, know that, yeah. that you, it teaches you something, okay? And I think everyone should work in hospitality. Yes. So, like, here you are on the set of, GH and you, you know, Miss Monty, Gloria Monty, you yeah. start talking, when you start talking about the people, the res level of respect you have, like you were a young guy mm -hmm. and gratitude you have for being in that room. Yes. That I think comes from, obviously from your parents and your working, I'm like yes. working in the kitchen. How old were you when you started? I think my places. first summer job with them was 16, 17. My dad treated the, the bus boy yes. is with the, the same as he treated his best customer. When you write that line, it resonated so deeply yeah. with me. Yeah. Because it's the one thing that if you are in hospitality and you do it right, every, that's... Yeah, I've seen you at, yeah. at your place talking to the waiters or the, the bus boys. Or, yeah, but you, you know. do the same. I mean, obviously, you do the same. Yeah, but I we mean, don't do it out of, oh, it's our job. No. Like, I care about people, and so right. do you, right? And yes. so, unless they're an asshole, right. you're going to get... Full, my full attention. Right. And, and uh, you, know. uh, you Right, exactly. So those two years, and, you know, and then, I mean, look, you talked very candidly about, like, kind of what a douche Rick Springfield was at the time, who was, like, hitting yeah. it up. Yeah. He didn't clearly work in, right, 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 uh, right. you know, hospitality <laughs> business. Like, here you were, a young buck, like, being, like, you know, impressed. And he yeah. was kind of... You know, I, I felt... I didn't want to... Put anybody down in the book because that's just not my thing, and I, you know, I could have. You're telling but, the story. But I think with him, like everything in this book, here's here's the other thing I want to say is like as I start writing it, that's when I discovered my story. Like I didn't know what my story really? was, and and writing it down, and then oh wow, and looking back at things like like for instance at, at General Hospital when you know the black storylines were a lot less than the than the white people storylines, and and I remember these great actors Todd um, Phillips, his name was, and they, you know, they're always complaining. I'm like, what are you guys complaining about? We're on TV. And right. You don't get it, Stamos, you know. Right, And right. then Sammy Davis came in and they had a big store. And then when he left, it wasn't. And I, and I believe, I have to double check. I know I wrote in there that they would have to get their hair and makeup done somewhere else. And so I, but I didn't, I didn't understand. Right. I knew there was something wrong. I knew it wasn't right. right but I, I didn't. So looking back, I go, oh, I don't know. That was yeah. there. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of those moments in the book that I discovered. But. We were talking about. It's interesting. Uh, oh, so when you are when you when you sit down to write, are you in, in, like literally? Do you not know what you're about to write? Are you like okay, or do you wake up in the middle of the night going, wait a minute? Do you, are you taking notes and like wait, I remember something because yeah, how do you? I couldn't remember. I feel like I can't remember my life. Yeah, but did like you? It's a blur. 
but if you sat down and you remember, here's the deal. My mom and then I subsequently, me, took, so she had, I had all boxes and boxes. My mom yeah. kept everything, right. every contract, every calendar, every journal that I had, every note, every um, every picture, every Tiger Beat magazine. It was, and so I was like, I have to, you know. I remember saying like, mom, let's get rid of this shit. Why do you have it? I'm right. like, well, now I know. Right. And so that helped a lot. I mean, yeah. I'll have a memory about something. Like General Hospital, for instance, I was like, I used to always say, oh, I auditioned on a Tuesday and then I got a call back on Wednesday and I worked on, on Thursday and it aired two weeks later. Right. I went to the calendar. That's like the exact dates. Wow. So there was a lot of that. There was a lot of, um, I think I did some journaling, but mostly I wrote stuff on my calendars. Mm-hmm. And, and I not only that, I wrote like, you know, I, I would draw pictures of if I was happy or sad, or how my eyes were, how my thing, you know. This, these these are priceless things for you to have and then really? also for you to pass on to your yeah, son. And that's part like, of the, writing the book too for him. And, yeah. But I know those questions you're asking because I, I, I ask the same thing to my friends. Like, how do you even, how do you, but the memories came back and like I said, I had the, to, to, and I went and talked to a lot of people and people remembered stuff. But you'd be surprised at what, Oh, the people that you, you were know. working with on the show, like yeah. things like that. Yeah, I you start so. to like sort of reminisce and yeah. you bring and it back and you go, oh, yeah. I mean, one of the funny, one of the f- things about that came to me too then was like, um, did you, I had this, uh, when I went from, and you probably had this too. I don't know what you were like as a kid, probably handsome. I was not. And so that transition from being a, a caterpillar to a butterfly was really, it, I wanted to really focus on that. In yeah, a you bit. did. I didn't, I found that like, really? Like you, I mean, you, you you depict yourself so sort of like, like not as handsome as you are now, and kind of nerdy, but kind of not, and you know, wanting yeah. the girls, and then like the boy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and then when it happens, it was such a trip. But I had a, a bully before it was even called right. bully. Right. right, this guy gave yeah. me a black eye. Yeah, we had no words, yeah. right? Yeah. And did that happen? No, you probably the bully, weren't you? No. I was bullied. You were, were you? Yeah, for gay, they could read yeah. gay. Kids could read gay yeah. on a gay. And there was, no, bad. there was no bad. There's no counselor. You can't go like right? I learned how to hide. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's too scary, learn. huh? That's the. Is that you when you got fact. started lifting weights? And no, 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 no. Much later, I was like, you know, that was all vanity. That was to get the guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> got, got, got. Me too. The um, the so this guy popped me. So it was one of the first times because I I just wanted to be liked. And I wanted like, who doesn't right? right? Thank God there was no social media back then. I know, God. but you just wanted to be liked, and you wanted people to think you're cool and nice and everything. And they didn't, as far as I was could feel. I was goofy, and I did magic and puppets and stunts. <laughs> I know, I love and that. Love you know, that. You, you say you would have been, you know, into puppets. That would have yeah. been your career. Yeah, I would have. Puppetry. Right. I still might. I mean, this, you know. <laughs> and um, so I was, so it was that. And there was a girl who, the hottest girl, she went to a Catholic school. And I heard when, from one of the guys in, my, in the marching band, that she wanted to go out with me. She thought I was cute. And but he said, don't tell anybody. Right. <laughs> right. I told everybody. And I was at this uh, block party. And of course, I was at the dorkier house right. party. And then at the end was the jocks. So the boyfriend of this girl who wanted to go out. So I'd tell everybody, in a, like a tele- <laughs> like game of telephone, went from yeah, house to house to house. It's yes. like, you know, in the movie Grease, yes, Rizzo's yes, knocked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's how it was. And then he came and tried to knock me out. I wasn't even paying I was in, sitting in a car. And he sucker punched me. I wanted to dedicate the book to this guy because I don't know if we'd be here, right? I don't know if I'd be famous. Right, you said that. You I wanted like, to be, I want to say thank you. Oh, man, I wanted to, to uh, every, every plat, everything, every goal I reached, like TV, Beach Boys, I yeah. thought of him. Like, oh, I really? Really? 
Yeah. Do you know anything about him? Like no, where he is? no. I had to change his name, but yeah, yeah, I don't know if he'll read this book because I'm not sure if he could read. But <laughs> no, I don't know. I think he's around. I don't, you know. But it, I would, and then, then I talk about like I would go back and I, look. A lot has happened. Water under the bridge. Yeah. Forty years ago, whatever. I, longer. Uh, but I would, you know, like a phantom limb. <laughs> if you lose it, yeah. I'm always thinking. I'd like to go to him and say, hey, uh, thank you. I mean, you really pushed me to be who I am. And I always, you know, maybe it was not the most positive, but I, I thought about you and I wanted to, you know, I wanted to really make it just to show you. And uh, so thank you. But I think that. Fun- then I'd say, but I dated that girl for two years and she told me you had a tiny dick. And- so I'll see you later. <laughs> you said that. Fucking, uh, well, you you're Greek, ever- so you must be, you know, it's big. Well, is it big? You're going to have to ask others. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take the large uh, pepper shaker, please. Could you bring that over? Just to, well, I need to show Bruce. <laughs> pepper mill. You know, this big, long. Pe- this is not good. These are too <laughs> short. <laughs> this is that sh- little schwaz dude. Yeah, get the- this is the guy that clocked you. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Thanks for joining us on Table for Two. John Stamos is so youthful, it's hard to believe that he's been in Hollywood for over four decades. When you start acting as a teenager, you have to learn the ropes as you go along. And I'm interested to know those early years on GH, General Hospital, how did that affect his career, his life, who he became? 
one of the things, you know, when you were on a GH with Sammy Davis Jr., <laughs> you wanted to play drums. That's yeah. you, Elizabeth Taylor's in your sight line. You're like, <laughs> who's that old lady? I mean, these are the things. I forgot about that one. I mean, I that's like, it. those are great nuggets of information. And you say you just loved going to work. I loved it. Yeah, they had to. They're like, you have to go home. Mom, uh, there was a jog. Your mom called. It's time to go home. <laughs> I would stay and watch. Right. Tony Geary was a, was a big influence. Yeah. And I, it was sort of, he's in um, Amsterdam. But I got to write. Uh, I, I sent a book to him and I wrote, you know, how much he influenced me. But, and, it, you know, these people don't realize that we're watching them, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think he knew. But he was so good, man. And I was like, why is he so good? And he would take these pauses. And for me, I thought I had to fill up every space. Like, right. This guy, and he didn't lose any energy, but he would take a beat. Like, right. Boom, and come back. He was so right. fucking powerful, man. His eyes, he was so intense. and But always kind to me and always, you know, I've, I've just have had these mentors over the years as I write about Jack Klugman and Gary Marshall uh -huh. and Rickles. And I've always been sort of attracted to that older gentleman vibe, you know. And, and, to, and like, I would just want to learn everything I could from them. Yeah, you were like soaking it all in, um, and I love that um, Sammy Davis. You wanted to play drums, and he did that. They Tell weren't. Him. Gloria wasn't really taking requests, you know. And I wanted to play drums on the show. Ah, you know, can I play music? Can I play? No. <laughs> and Sammy Davis was on him, and my dad said, uh, "I said, Dad, who's this guy on today? Sammy Junior? Sammy Davis Junior? Yeah." My dad really turned me on to the Rat Pack. Mm -hmm. You know, so we would argue who was better, Sinatra or. Elvis. I finally came around. I said, we both listened listen, listen right. to El Frank. And, all. and then um, I said, oh, you're right, Dad, man. That Frank was cool. What right. do you think of Elvis? Ah, shitty. <laughs> <laughs> he was old school, right? Like, right. And, uh, so to, so uh, he said, well, talk to, talk to Sammy Davis about playing drums. He's a drummer. Right. Standing next to him. Mr. Davis Jr., they won't let me play drums. <laughs> but we had this, I remember, again, like it all came back. We had this pretty cool conversation about music. And I think through that, I think at least verbally, he he thought that I got it. Okay. So he says, uh, uh, hold on, man. I'm like, what? It's just right. And he goes off and here's a little, he'll click, click, click. And he goes to Gloria Monty and says something and comes back out and says, uh, just do what I say, man. <laughs> and the, I do impressions in case uh, anyone out there. Tell your husband. Um, <laughs> he says, uh, do, uh, I said, what are you talking about? And I remember him being very firm. I, I swear to God, this memory comes so clear, he says, just do what I say, man. In the scene, he was going to add lips. He, I introduced him because my character was MC, or mm -hmm. and he as a, and he gets up and, and he talks a little bit about the charity. We were it was a fundraiser, but so there was a full band set up. Right. He was going to say right. for the waterfront. Uh, I know. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I saw it. Yeah. He says, uh, "Blackie, you play drums, right?" I'm like, "What?" <laughs> and I'm totally ad lib. I get up there. Says, what are we going to play? A little jam. One, two, three. <laughs> And I could see him look at me like, all right, this guy's got, he gets it. Right. Like, We're speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. It's the sage. Yeah. Right. And then um, and then he gave me this big hug at the end. And I and I heard later that it was playing on all the monitors in, in, here at ABC and in New York. Right. And everybody kind of gathered around. They started going closer to the monitors. Right. And uh, they let us play for a long time. And then they cut. And then I, was, I went to see Sammy at the um, Greek. And he was dying. He had cancer. Yeah. It was terrible. And after, and he comes into the, Backstage there, he's got a white cape. And right. See, again, like I remember this, David Hasloff was there. Or something. Right. And um, he's, he goes over and asks the bartender for two orange crushes. And he said, uh, he said, the dope and the cigs I don't miss. The booze I miss. <laughs> we 
cheered, and then he, right. and then he passed it. Yeah, you. I mean, your whole um, you have a very kindred spirit when you talk about uh, Sinatra, yeah. Elvis, Sammy Davis, Don Rickles, Klugman. When you were in on Broadway with James Earl Jones, you really kind of. I think your whole life, and I think maybe based on your relationship with your dad, who you, so you had this like incredible relationship with and respected mm -hmm. so much. Yes. Older, so you respected that. I also think it's interesting reading your book and hearing it from your perspective. So a guy's perspective, talking right, about right. you know yeah. really being um, sexualized and being objectified, right. and you know. Do and just that experience because I do think people forget that that does happen. It happened to me. Yeah, it happens. It happened to I you. I think it's like one. I think it's seven out out of every twenty five girls by the time they're eighteen have been sexually abused. Yeah, it's and it's like one out of every twenty five boys. But that's not real because boys don't talk about it. Right. It's numbers are false. So I, right. I just talk about it very briefly in the book because I certainly don't want it to be about that. But I also felt like a, a, a charlatan if I didn't because I've done. You know, 35 years I've been advocating for people's right. children and trying to get that. Right. But, um, so I felt like a phony if I, did. it was just the right time to kind you know, I just graze it. It's a page. Mm -hmm. But, and I don't know how it affected me. I don't, you know, again, looking back at all this stuff, I don't, I'm not sure. But it's always been, you know, most of those, growing up, most of those sexual experiences have been with women that are a little more sophisticated. Right. And none, I'm not a victim. I know nobody, you know. Yeah, I don't no. feel it. But the babysitter thing was like, it felt good maybe, yeah, yeah. but we shouldn't have those feelings. Well, that's what's sort of confusing because right. when someone is doing something that's like right. inappropriate, but yet it's gentle or it feels good, you're, right. you're confused no matter, yes. yeah. you know, and, and the work that you've done. And so I think f for so long now mm. with kids, yeah. um, so I think it was really just beautiful and i think it's, it was again, it was that like why have i been so um interested in helping children through all through a, a lot of different causes but certainly the abused children and one of the reasons i didn't put it in the, i couldn't put it in the book because it didn't make sense but well, maybe i could have but we have an 800 number 1-800-4-A-CHILD and if you're any of this kind of thing and you know it doesn't it's not like some weirdo with a with a trench coat on it takes no. you in the back of a van it's a priest it's a, a neighbor it's an uncle it's like and so that's why I want to talk about, but one eight hundred four a child, and the other thing is, you know, during the pandemic especially, it, it was on it's, it was on the rise because mm -hmm. stuck at home, mm -hmm. people don't have jobs, drinking, mm -hmm. confined, and it's also this hotline is also good for parents. If you're a little frustrated and you maybe want to hurt your kid or you can't control your anger, mm -hmm. call that number and we talk you through that as well. In the book, I talk about like that idea. If you would have told me, yeah. I don't know how I stumble. It's I, a beautiful time. It's a you know, and they said, "What do you want to call it?" I said, if you would have told me, like, yes. My, um, Mike Love was calling me one day years ago. Mike Love was the lead singer of the Beach Boys. It was the first concert I went to, and he was calling and calling. Someone was over, and I didn't answer it. I said, "If you would have told me when I was a kid at my right. first concert that Mike Love was calling, and I didn't pick it up, <laughs> that's where it came from." Right. But and it also is you know you could use it as um, you know if you would have told me that one of my best friends would die, you know, at, yeah. in the middle. So the point is that if you would have told me these things and then you avoid them, okay, so I didn't, uh, there was probably jobs that I should have taken that I lost or uh, or that was offered to me or just all the things. Mm -hmm. And 
before writing this book, I would say, you know, you'd say, do you have any regrets? I'd say, yeah, I regret this, I regret that. Writing the book and realizing that everything happened for a reason, like you said, and yeah. one thing led to another, and a, yeah. the divorce and the heartbreak taught me what I really wanted in love and, mm-hmm. and prepared me for when Caitlin came around. Uh, and then I, I wouldn't change a thing. Yeah. I also think you wrote this book at a perfect moment in your life because I actually think your 50s are a time of great reflection. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you know, so the, the, the door was shutting and you and you got under it. Yeah. And now you're, to me, you're going through the arch of the next chapter of your life, which right. is just so rich with love and yeah. family and yeah. like gratitude so like, exactly gratitude. this is a per- and yeah. and you know you do have this you know the body of work that you have you know here you are a kid from um cyprus california yeah. and you're like having this epic career Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Welcome back to Table for Two. You most likely know John from his time on a both wildly successful soap opera and a primetime sitcom, but he's also acted on stage. What was it like to make that transition? Let's swing it over to, you know, you talk about when you were on Broadway. Mm. And you know, yes, you know, I think that's one of the times we first met. But, mm. you know, you were the MC in Cabaret. Uh, you replaced uh, Matthew Broderick when he... Took, he went away to do a movie on how to succeed. And yeah, where where did I get those balls? Like yeah, I never. Like, this is major. Shit. I wasn't a theater. Like I I didn't grow up. I tr- I auditioned in the high school for the uh, Wizard of Oz to play the scarecrow. I got about one. You know, 
Uh, while a while away, the uh, stop sign. Do you do makeup? Can you do makeup in the show? Don't sing. That's where I was. And so, I, but I, Jack Klugman was always in my ear. Got to do theater. Got to do. And when Full House ended, I was like, Oh, Jack, what do I do? Man, I played this idiot for eight years. Everybody mm-hmm. thinks I'm a fucking dopey, you know, guitar wielding Elvis looking. I said, Get to the theater. I never did it before. Right. I don't really. I can't sing. Doesn't matter. He was in Gypsy, you know. That's right. the so I can't sing. I said, Really. <laughs> <laughs> don't good. Right. Don't, don't practice. Now. But um, so I just I just went for it. In, in my mind, then, and I tried. Look, I was fearless, right? You remember those? That do you have a fearlessness in your life? Yeah, or thing? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I've been trying to get back to that ever since. But I would just think like, well, if I danced, if I practiced dancing, I wasn't dancing. If I sang enough, if I really worked on something, fifteen hours a day, I right. could do it. Mm-hmm. And I did. Right. The, well, because you have that thing. That you can't get, which is charisma, well, and the uh, the light from the audience. Like people are drawn to you, so like they are. So, yeah, like they a are. moth. Yeah, or like a little, yeah, like yeah. a moth. Oh, there's a sound like a moth yeah. to a yeah. butterfly. But ba, ba, ba. No, you and so I think when you when and clearly you loved it. Like it was something yeah. that you. What was the high like on being in front of a live audience all of a sudden? Like that kind of like eight shows a week. Yeah. You had you. I know you had your rituals i mean that's was you've left i think it was a great time as klugman said to like get out of la yeah right yeah, yeah. get out of this zone right life was changing stay in trump tower that's where i was staying i, mean, I forgot i i was i don't think i put it in there but but um tony bennett uh, lived there too and he was like one floor above me I think. right Hi, Mr. Bennett. Uh, <laughs> Want to go to the show? I'll get you tickets. I'll get you half price tickets. See me in house. See me. Like, okay, great. I'm getting off. <laughs> um, um, it's hard to relax. It took me. Yeah, you know, you know a lot. You know this business. Like, I say, like some people get it right away. Yeah. Uh, DiCaprio, out of the gate, was a brilliant actor, right? Jennifer yes. uh, Lawrence, people like that. Right. Me, and there's, then there's others. It takes 25, 30 years, and I think I'm in that category. Right. right. Like just the last maybe eight, ten years ago. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. Stop trying so hard, stay I remember when Jason Bateman, we kind of grew up together. When he was really hitting it, I said, "Let's go to lunch, man." How did you? How did you? What happened? Because I, you know, and and there was a long time. Still, I mean, I'm not. You say, "Oh, you've had quite a career." Yeah, I've been in the lower part of the middle, but I think I'm still around. That's the maybe the impressive. But I asked him how, and he said he just stopped trying so hard. Ah. Just let go, relaxed. Uh-huh. And he literally couldn't get arrested. Then he gets arrested, right. right? And he just lets. Right, you know, and it's a hard thing to do. So do you feel to trust like because it's trusting yourself? Yeah. You don't. We don't think we're that. Do you feel like that's part of the next chapter of your life? That you, you know, now that you are, you know, every things have settled around you. Mm-hmm. You're in this. You know, are you now able to? Do you foresee letting go? And if so, what are the things that you'd like to do in this mm-hmm. next piece? Well, I think I have let go a lot. You know, holding on to everything is so important. By the way, like. There's no one job anymore, really, that, that right. makes or breaks you. Or, and the ones that you think are going to, that you don't get, you know, oh, I, I, that's right. going to be the hit shot. It isn't. And the right. little ones, like, I remember I was at a couple of meetings with Greg Berlanti, and he said, hey, will you go do, you do me a favor? I'm like, yeah, anything. He said, you do a few episodes of this show I got going on. It's called You. Like, it was on Lifetime. Yeah, I love you. I said, great. The show tanks uh, in uh, on Lifetime. Mm-hmm. The Netflix it and it's their number one show right. and all of a sudden boom like, right. I never thought that was right. going to be right, right. so it's, it is about letting go um, do I feel uh, the only career wise I really have let it go I don't care 
I mean, I don't really care anymore. I try to find projects I like or I put stuff together. Um, but I am waiting for my breaking bad. I hope that comes around at some point. Mm-hmm. I've had such a nice time with John today. He is so smart and honest and open about his life and journey. I would be remiss if I didn't ask him about his dear friend and Full House co-star, Bob Saget, who passed suddenly last year. How do you memorialize someone who's had such an impact on your life? You know, you've talked about Bob a couple times, and, and you've talked about him at length, and, and the brotherhood, and the love, and and as you end this book, and as we sort of are getting close to the end of our lunch, we are, the, yeah, yeah, the you know, you really talk about that last dinner you had with your wives at Nobu, and um, it's really beautiful, and you say you just never know, and I guess the question I'm, I'm asking about Bob because he's, you know, he's. Missed by so many, yeah. and he really was great. I guess, how do you, I mean, every day you must honor him somehow. Mm-hmm. And it, life is not as, it's not as funny or fun, sure. Yeah. But I mean, you got to get over that. But it, you know, a little piece of you is gone, right? Yeah. You, have you lost anybody close to you? Yeah, yeah. And you just go. But did you see the movie Coco, the Disney movie? Yes, yeah. What they said, and they were so beautiful, which was a person dies, okay. And then if you don't talk about them, if you don't tell stories about them, if you don't uh, put their pictures up, they die again for good up there. Right. So that's one of the things where I certainly try to talk about him as much as I can. And I'm sure he, if we're real quiet, we can hear him complaining that I don't talk about him enough. <laughs> you knew Bob, right? Very well. Yes. He was the greatest. He was the most, compl- you know, he was very, he was the biggest insecure egomaniac. Ever. You know, he had both sides. But that night we were at Nobu. Sorry we didn't go to the Palm, but. Uh, but Bob and I did go to the pub a lot. All the time you guys and were there. Again, I was going to meet Especially him. the West Hollywood, yeah. And he had a drawing right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder, I wonder where it is. Could you know, you want to know the truth it. about, so Bruce sent out a thing, we're, we're moving, and you said, come pick up the things. Right. And you know why I didn't? Mm-mm. I was too drunk to drive that day. Really? Terrible, yeah. I thought, I better not drive. I don't know, fuck it, I don't need That's interesting. And it was like, and it was a shitty, you know, boozy time. I was like, ah, fuck it, what do I want? Really? I wondered why. Remember, I was no, probably yeah, the, no. one of the only people that... I, I just know Rickles came by and got yeah, his. Yeah, I, and I was like, oh, okay, he just doesn't want it, but that's okay. We're, you know, I want it, and it's you, my friend. So I didn't take no. it personally. It wasn't insulting. Yeah, I was fucked up. I was like, Network. great, and we put it... In but the, that's the thing about... The, the, anyway, I was. that's why I never picked it up. But I'm sober now, getting it. In the beginning of the book, I talk about going to the Palm to meet Bob and what the Palm meant to me. It was like a, you know, a, yeah. like a, everybody knew my name there. Yeah, it was a place yeah. that you guys, but yeah. I say that, because um, there's a lot of Sinatra stuff I talk about and I talk about the characters over there and the new place, The old, there was like, it, you put me right next to Sinatra too. And I remember seeing that, going, mm-hmm. wow. And then Andy Cohen and right. maybe one or two. Right. I was like, how did I make it over here? You just want right. that in your house. Yeah. He's staring at you. It's yeah. like the I haunted do. mansion. Do you ever, the, the eyes yeah. follow you around like no matter where you sit in the fucking place. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I could say is everybody, your your book comes out on October 24th. Mm. This will probably, you would have heard this or the book will be out. And um, it's Beautiful, Thank and you. it's also a beautiful book to listen to because oh, to hear you, you read it so. That was so elegantly. hard. Most they said, "Well, what takes?" I said, "How long?" Yeah, four or five sessions, you'll get it. Took me like thirty wow. because I cared. So, I just kept going over and over, and I could change stuff. And I, I also hope that it's a book that if you're not a fan of mine or whatever, like it's just a hundred percent. Okay, good. It is. It's a book about love. It's a book about family. Yeah. Um, I and I and just to, I also want to close with you know you share. 
and you've talked about your mom leaving notes. Yes. I think that's so like beautiful and insightful of your mother because that is that is a great gift to have. Have you done it to you? Not okay. Je- uh, Brian has done that, okay. and I am not as. Go. You know what I'm doing with Billy is I'm I uh, I've set up an email account for him, and he does, you know he can't get right. to it obviously, and I just write him emails <sighs> once, good, a, yeah. and it's yeah. easier because I can just talk to him. Like the other right. night going to bed and Caitlin was out of town so it was me and they have this special prayer together that they mm-hmm. say and it was so mm-hmm. good he kind of cobbled through it it was right. really beautiful and then as he fell asleep in my arms I, I, I wrote I talked on my phone into an email and I said so right. how beautiful and then in the morning we woke up and he, the, he's, his face is right next to my little nose he goes <laughs> dad I go yeah he goes you smell like my bathroom at my school <laughs> breath I thank you little shit <laughs> <laughs> Um, you gotta love it, and on that I love note, you, Bruce, and I, I appreciate love you, you doing this. And Thank I think um, this conversation—it was really nice to have with you, and I appreciate yeah. you taking the time to read the book. That means a lot. Yeah, it's just no. weird having a book. I oh, bet. Man. Like, oh my god, what am I? What are they? I, I know, but you know what? You, this is a gift for people because it is a story of not just your celebrity and your career. It's a, it's a story of friendship love mm-hmm. finding yourself sobriety saving yourself yeah. it's a great memoir john thank stamos thank you very much thank Bruce you Buck. so yeah. much for being I, uh, here i don't have to pay do I? you I don't, don't i no, we don't have to split it or no my dutch baby you my day no you don't anyway anyway thanks yeah. for showing you, up everyone on table for thank two you. i love you table for two Table for Two with Bruce Bozzi is produced by iHeartRadio, 737 Park, and Airmail. Our executive producers are Bruce Bozzi and Nathan King. Table for Two is researched and written by Bridget Arsenault. Our sound engineers are Paul Bowman and Alyssa Midgaff. Table for Two's LA production team is Danielle Romo and Lorraine Virez. Our music supervisor is Randall Poster. Our talent booking is by Jane Sarkin. Special thanks to Amy Sugarman, Uni Cher, Kevin Uvane, Bobby Bauer, Allison Cantor Graber, Barbara and Jen, and Jeff Klein, and the staff at the Tower Bar in the world famous Sunset Tower Hotel. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 
Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.